2: Today is Thursday, August 13th. This is Celtic Speed on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 370 with NBC Sports Boston reporter and anchor Abby Chin is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. Okay, this is what we were looking for, Celtics fans, Celtics beat fans, thank you for being with us here, Adam Kaufman along with, and you can see if you're watching on video or if you're just listening, you already got a preview, Abby Chen, NBC Sports Boston, Evan Valenti, our producer and sometimes host as well. Hey, Abby, how are you?
0: I'm well, thanks. This is not my best angle, I will tell you. Uh,
2: <laughs> there is no bad Me, angle of you. There is is mine.
0: Everything with COVID, we're making do. It's happening.
2: <laughs> Hey, you know that's that's kind of the plus side if if we're to find silver linings of the covid situation. One of them is that now this podcast encompasses video before it didn't. So, I think the people that get to see you now and any of our other guests are actually much happier than having to just listen to our voices. This is better. Just means agree. I need to shower.
0: Well, and we can see each other's facial reactions and things like that.
2: Yeah, there you go. So the last time that, uh, well, it's been a while since you and I have chatted, at least in a work setting anyway, but the last time that we had one of these shows, which was a week ago, we were kind of joking around about like, cue up the duck boats, the Celtics just put up 149 points against the Nets, but you know what? The next time out, they were able to beat up on the Toronto Raptors, granted Toronto didn't play a great game, but still, you know, handled the Raptors, and then, outlasted the Magic in overtime, fittingly in Orlando, beat up Memphis, obviously. And then just earlier today, and you know this, you were just working the game, the Celtics lose, but the thing is basically nobody played who is of any consequence come the postseason. So now the 72-game shortened season is over. Celtics finished with 48 wins, and it's on to the playoffs, which it seems like, while we know it's going to be the Sixers, maybe you know something we don't, but we don't really have a sense of when this is going to begin.
0: Well, it can begin either Monday or Tuesday. And I we heard Brad voice a little frustration after the game about, I'd like to get my practice plan together so I can actually start (laughs) preparing for the Sixers. But I think, let's be honest, he's been preparing for the Sixers for a while now. Um, Yeah,
2: that seemed like it was always the team. It was just a a matter of time.
0: Monday or Tuesday is when this series will tip off.
2: What are your expectations against the Sixers here?
0: Expectations are to win. I think that (laughs) we've seen... (laughs) For the Celtics to get a win. I have not been impressed by the Sixers in the bubble. I think coming into the restart, I was more concerned about them. I thought the time off would really help them not only to get healthy with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but also to maybe give them a renewed sense of team and chemistry and working together. And I think we saw that crumble early on. And then the Ben Simmons injury, Um I just – i The Sixers, and Scal said it repeatedly today on Celtics postgame live, he feels like that chemistry and that team just feels like the Celtics did last season heading into the playoffs, and that's not where you want to be.
2: You know what I love here, obviously, you never want to see athletes get hurt. You want to beat teams at their best. And it's a shame that Ben Simmons won't be available. He's out the duration of the year. Who knows what caliber of Joel Embiid that we're going to see? He's a star, and you have to assume his health, clearly, but he is banged up. He is, you know, he's missed a little bit of time in the bubble. He's dealing with that injury hand his x-rays were negative. And so maybe in these next couple days that he'll have off, he'll be able to get to a place where We can discuss, we can get into this, how big an obstacle he is for Daniel Tice, for the for the other bigs on the Celtics. But what I love first and foremost, not only, and you acknowledge this, that it seemed like kind of a foregone conclusion that the Celtics were going to get the Sixers, but is there a better way this could have been drawn up, short of, I guess, it being like an Eastern Conference Finals, right out of the gate for the playoffs? You think back to Al Horford leaving, chasing the money, opting out of Boston, and if I mean, if this were football, this would be the Al Horford bowl like this. This is what for me, I dial in right on this right Horford having to go against that uniform, his old teammates. I know there's no Kyrie Irving on the other side for the better, but the fact that he is now right to the center of this thing, it's just going to be so much fun.
0: Absolutely. And in true Al fashion, immediately, the first question, he tries to play it down and says, oh, we've seen them already four times this season. We saw them in the preseason. It's no big deal. And and I'm not buying that. It, it is a big deal. And I think it's a big deal to him. I said it right before we went off air today. I was in the arena in Philadelphia for the season opener this year, and Al Horford donning the blue and red. And he rang the bell for the Sixers, which if you have <laughs> never been to a game in Philly, that's it, what they do before tip off, they bring in the luminaries from the city of Philly, and they come in and ask them to ring the bell. And I was shocked when they announced that Bra- that Al Horford was going to be the one ringing the bell because it just felt like such an insult. And it it really, I was already, I don't know if I was too emotionally tied up in Al, but I think I feel like we spent three years here defending. His game and what he actually brings to the court when it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. No question. And then I completely understand why he went to Philly. If someone is going to throw a truckload of money at me, yes, I will take it. I just (laughs) didn't feel like he needed to ring the bell. It felt like a shot to the heart, and it seemed like something that was completely unnecessary to do. I understand why they asked him to do it, but I I think he could have just said, no, I don't want to build up and to – the petty between these two teams, enough petty that there already is. This is one of the best rivalries in the NBA. And to me, I, I was surprised that Al did that.
1: You know who I feel for, though? I feel bad for Anna. She doesn't need to be in the middle of this. <laughs> she is anyway, though. She's yeah. and she's already talked about it. I, I, I love her. She rides, she rides for both teams as long as they go, and I, I give her a lot of credit for that.
0: And Anna can take it. I'm not worried about Anna.
2: She'll
0: <laughs> yeah. be all right.
1: If anyone can handle anything
2: coming her way, she is displayed on social media and through her podcast as part of the CLNS family. Yeah. I'm not worried about her just as long as she continues to make it clear to everyone that is her with her siblings in that picture on social media, Al is not her husband for anyone. I think Celtics fans know that. So we're all aware, but uh, Evan, this is obviously it, it should be an exciting series, but are, I don't know. Are you as hyped about it? as you could be meaning would you be more excited if we were looking at a healthy Embiid a healthy Simmons it, it seems like for the most part and Abby correct me if I'm wrong everybody on the Celtics side is feeling pretty good you know Romeo Langford, I know Romeo got things today. About, yeah but everybody else you know the key guys no disrespect to Romeo obviously he's played really well in the bubble but all the key guys you know your your top six seven guys are healthy they're in a good spot is the series going to be lacking anything
1: for you you know, at first, maybe you might want to say that, but the, the soon as the, the ball gets tipped in the air or even before that, because Philly fans are in Boston fans just don't, we don't <laughs> mesh together. It's just really ugly on uh, Twitter. I'm sure you've seen it in both of your mentions, uh, that it gets real ugly on Twitter. And, uh, I guarantee you, uh, and look, it's already probably started. I haven't seen it yet personally. Uh, but the fans are going to, are going to be what gets this thing going. And, and, and at some point, you know, I think Philly fans might, be a little bit more subdued right now, um, but Boston's going to wake them up because you know Boston fans can be obnoxious, and I will fully admit that I am probably one of the obnoxious ones, but less obnoxious than everybody else. Um, but the the rivalry is definitely still there. It's the colors, right? It doesn't even matter who's in the uniform. It's just seeing the colors on the on the floor. Embiid will be there, so you'll know. You know, he'll be his his typical uh, boisterous self. He chat. He you know he talks a lot, which and he backs up it for the most the most part. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Tobias Harris is a guy that talks a lot, so I don't get really too revved up about seeing him on the floor. But Joel is still there, and Joel is going to be a problem. Like, he as is, is, is much as I love watching the Celtics play, I'm not really quite sure if they have a really true answer for Joel Embiid. You know, Tyce, you know, he'll play straight up, and he'll try and play him as hard as he can. Um, and, you know, those six fouls might go to very good use. You're going to see probably some Robert Williams in this particular series as well. Don't be surprised if they try and throw Cantor at him to slow him down because Cantor's a bigger body but can't stay with him at all. Um, the one thing about Joel is he can dominate a game very quickly on both ends and he can really take it over, especially if he's hitting three pointers. And if Joel's cooking, uh, you know, my blood's going to start boiling and, and it, it, mainly because there's nothing that they can really do about it. I mean, the other guys you can throw a Tatum or a Jalen Brown or a Marcus Smart or Tobias Harris if he gets hot or Josh Richardson or shake Milton or Cork mouse or whoever the hell you want to name it, the, 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 the 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 uh the problem they have is an Embiid problem. And you know, if he could go off for thirty five, twenty and whatever and the Celtics will have no answer other than double team him. So um I, I am I am excited for this. I'd be a little more excited if Ben was there. I'd be a little more nervous if Ben was there. Yeah. Um but the one thing Boston can't do is overlook Philadelphia because they still have a lot of talent on that team even though Ben's not there.
2: I am a Robert Williams stan, Abby. Can my guy step in and slow Embiid down a little bit?
0: I was going to say, I think that that is one of the biggest positives of this NBA restart is the emergence of Robert Williams and that he does provide, has proven that he can be a viable backup at the big man position. And like you said, you have multiple bodies to throw at Joel Embiid, who has been dominant against the Celtics this season. We saw it in that game where he put up 38 points. And I talked about it today. That game, the one game that Embiid really played well against the Celtics this season, it was the day after the TNT crew challenged him and said that he hasn't been stepping up this year and hasn't been putting the team on his back. And so he was motivated in that game. I am not, I don't want to say not concerned about Joel, but i he is a concern when he's engaged. I'm not sure how engaged he is right now. At least he wasn't in these seeding games. It didn't feel like he was, the dominant Joel Embiid that we know is out there. And I will say in the first matchup of the season, that opener, Enes Kanter started that game. And while he was defensively locked in and engaged and mentally prepared for that matchup, he held his own and, mm-hmm. and was not pushed around by Joel. And so I think the Celtics certainly have bodies to throw at him. And I agree with Evan in that while you can't overlook the Sixers, the Celtics will be ready.
2: What do you think the rotation looks like? I mean, we know the clear guys, right? We know the starting five. We don't need to rehash that. We know Mark is smart. So there's your six. But after that is Robert Williams part of that rotation. If Brad is actually going to stick to eight guys, as he's talked about in the past, is is he one of them is, you know, is Ennis Cantor, one of those guys, particularly in this series and with the amount of bodies you're going to want to throw at Joel Embiid is, is, uh, you know, could Javante Green get a look? You know, is Shemmy Ojale? Who, who do you think is at the bottom of that rotation getting regular minutes in the playoffs, at least in this series?
0: Well, as Brad Stevens will be the first to tell you, it depends on the matchup. So, yeah, right. we're looking at the 76ers. And I think we just have to follow the breadcrumbs. Uh, Robert Williams today played limited minutes only in the second quarter, not at all in the second half. To me, that indicates they are trying to get him some rest, make sure that he is healthy Agreed. for when – the playoffs do start. And from there, then I think it's Brad Wanamaker or a Shemi Ojale. And then in this series against the Sixers, yes, I think you are going to need NS Cantor, no question, because you just need big bodies to combat that size down low. But I think that what we saw in the last two games where the regulars played, when Brad shortened his rotation, it was Brad Wanamaker, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams. I think Shemi Ojale has showed enough and is shooting very competently in the restart that absolutely Brad will use him. And I mean, you know, you're going to need combat muscles against Philly. <laughs> so I see Shemi Ojale getting some time, but I think that's about it. I, I don't think we're going to get much Romeo time. I don't think we're going to get much Grant Williams. And um, I know, unfortunately, we're not going to get Taco unless things go really bad.
2: Yeah, well, even it just playing in this final game today, it's it seems yeah. like the conditioning is not probably where he wants it to be at uh, at this stage of the game. Let alone playing playoff minutes. That's at the end of a, a meaningless, generally meaningless regular season game. As far as the key guys, though, who I think we would agree, like the X factor in general, and it's not a person, it's a thing. It's how do you slow down Joel Embiid? But if there's an X factor player on the Celtics side. Given how well Gordon Hayward especially has played on both sides of the ball since the you know, bubble restart, Jason Tatum had that one bad game to start things off, dusted off all the rust, and he's been locked in. Jalen Brown, as consistent as he was prior to the break, he continues to be electric. Kemba Walker, now that he's shaken off some of the rust as well, has looked pretty good. Is it that one guy that you in particular are are zeroed in on being an impact?
0: I think – yeah, I don't know if you can call any of the Celtics' main guys X-Factors because we all know what they're capable of and how important sure. they are to this team. But I I would say in this series against the Sixers, with all that size, it's got to be Kemba Walker because we've seen that team have trouble with a ball-dominant guard able to use their speed and get cut through this defense, especially now without Ben Simmons and his long arms jamming up the lane. The Sixers, we saw, had trouble with Damian Lillard and Devin Booker in this restart, and so I think – It's going to be up to Kemba Walker to start carving them apart, using his size to his advantage, using his speed. And I think I'm really encouraged from the last game that we saw from Kemba and hearing from him afterwards. He's feeling good. He's feeling confident. And I am just fingers crossed that knee stays strong.
2: I wasn't really thinking about this until Evan brought up the fans. And now my mind is just sort of hamster on the wheel, wandering a little bit with uh, how much do fans, if at all, play into this series in particular. And by that, I mean the lack of obviously inside the bubble, because we know how passionate both these fan bases are. We know how electric and environment the garden can be when the Celtics are are playing there and fans are in attendance. You have the whatever 18, 20,000 fans on their feet screaming, going nuts. Philly it's rabid fan base in a different way, meaning they are a lot more willing to turn on you than self mm-hmm. fans are. So is it actually advantageous to Philly to maybe not have their fans, given that if things start to go south, they won't have that group of people, large group of people, actively not rooting against them, but, but expressing their displeasure. Does one team benefit more or less from the lack of fans here?
0: I mean, I think you would say in general – Because of the Philly fans, that might be true, but this Philadelphia Sixers team was phenomenal at home. If you just took their home record, they should be going to the NBA finals. They were the team that we thought they would be when the season began. Away from there, and then it hasn't – I mean, you would think that maybe the neutral sites, that would help them, but it it hasn't looked to do that yet. And so I do think it's going to be – the importance is going to be placed on chemistry within the team and – guys getting each other up and holding each other up, also holding each other accountable. And, I mean, if you're looking at chemistry, the Celtics have it in spades where the Sixers are just trying to stay above water.
1: Yeah, I want to piggyback off that because I think one of the things that I went to immediately is, you know, you don't have any fans. You don't have anybody to create that energy for you that you need. So you need somebody on your team to do that for you. And and Boston has that with Marcus Smart, and I'm sure other guys too. But Smart, as Tatum has said, and everybody that has watched the Celtics for the past – you know, six years, as long as Marcus has been on the team, you know, he is, he brings the energy and and it's, it's, it's evident as soon as he hits the floor that that the energy is there. And again, I haven't watched every single Philadelphia 76ers game. So I can't really be held to a whole high of a lot of standard here, but, you know, you look at Joel Embiid, you look at, you know, Al Horford and Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson and all these guys. Where does that internal energy come from? Like, we all know Al's quiet. I mean, it's just – we I love Al Horford. He is a consummate professional. He's one of the nicest people uh, that I've even had the pleasure of speaking to uh he's great, but he doesn't really bring that energy with him. He's just a guy that goes out there, does his job very quietly and and picks you apart. And Bede seems like a guy that thrives off the crowd. I mean, he kind of acts like, you know, a WCW wrestler trying to rev up the crowd every time he comes out. Like he does like the the Hulk Hogan, like one of these every once in a while. Um, you know, Tobias Harris, even all the way back to his Tennessee days, like I don't think he's been a guy that's been a you know an impact energy guy right from the get go. Like, and if you're relying on Josh Richardson or somebody else on that team to really bring the energy, I, I just don't see where that comes from. Does it, does it come from Brett Brown? I, I don't really know. So the home record, I think Abby bringing that up right away is a great point. Like that was what are they twenty four and two at home? They were unbelievable at home. Phenomenal. At the road, they were they were they were the complete opposite. And if they don't have that crowd to build off of where does that energy come from? And I, and I don't know where it is. I'd have no clue.
2: I was going to defer to Abby, see if she wants to weigh in. (laughs) I,
0: I'm not sure where that energy comes from for the Sixers. And I think that that's what we've seen from this restart. I will say I love the rookie Matisse Bible and I have eaten Mm -hmm. up all of his vlogs from inside the bubble. And I, I think that, but he's a rookie and He is considered a defensive stopper, so maybe that can help somewhere in there. Um, But yeah, I agree with you. I think the Sixers and their energy is completely based off of Joel Embiid. So if Joel Embiid is feeling, playing with a purpose, is engaged, wants to be there, I think that the Sixers will be fine and are going to be absolutely a handful for the Celtics. But if Joel Embiid is checked out without Ben Simmons, doesn't really see the value in this, doesn't want to win, just wants to go home and get out of the bubble, then I think the Sixers are cooked.
2: All right. So real quick, uh, both of you for that matter, how about a series prediction?
0: I'm going Celtics in six. Scal, you think five. I know, Scal today. Just cannot believe it. Absolutely thinks it's going to be a gentleman's sweep. Thinks that the Celtics will have no problems with the Sixers. Wow. I just can't get there. I, I can't get no. there. What what Joel gives Embiid. you the hang-up
1: then? Just Embiid?
0: Joel Embiid. It's yeah. Embiid. And I think that he will be engaged. And with his back up against the wall, people talking smack to him, the TNT crew calling him out again. I think he's got at least two games in him where he will be able to carry this team and will put up a fight.
2: I'm exactly with you. I think six as well. I want to tell you before uh, we get back to Abby here, no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partner, Bet Online Sports, making their way back. It's not just UFC, NASCAR, soccer anymore. PGA, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs are coming. Major League Baseball, NFL hopefully not far behind. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. Some futures bets for the NBA, the Lakers, are positioned right now as the betting favorites, plus 285 to win the championship. The Clippers right behind them at plus 310. If you're looking for some longer odds, Celtics plus 1,200. The Sixers, yes, those Sixers, plus 5,000. So that is what we're looking at. If you need more... It's not just sports bet online has simulated sports as well you don't need just the real life stuff nfl nba ufc happening every day live for you to check out if you're looking for something other than sports that's fine as well bet online has hundreds of live casino games poker tournaments all the best props in the business available to you so visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device join now to receive your new welcome bonus start playing today that's bet online your online sportsbook experts Okay, so all that said, I don't know what the odds would have been on Brad Stevens sticking around on a lifetime contract, but I think all three of us and a whole lot of fans out there would have supported that. Abby, it kind of does, uh, it puts a damper on my hope to one day hire him as a personal life coach to mold. <laughs> Me, every member of my family, and making sure that we are viewing life in the most positive ways possible. But I think I can put aside my my selfish personal interest for the greater good, which is the Boston Celtics and the fact that Brad is sticking around. And I also love, and I don't know if you picked up on this as well, but the fact that as it concerns Brad Stevens news, the Celtics will never be scooped. You know, they came up where to hire him, that there was no leak, there was no clue. And now the extension is out there, uh, at, which I think for the second time, I believe the first yeah. time around this was the case as well. For the second time, no leaks, nothing like Shams, you know, put the uh, the tweet out about the Brad Stevens extension after the Celtics had already announced it. The C's, they keep everything drilled down to silence as it concerns Brad Stevens. So that in mind, people are probably wondering, all right, well, we'd like him around forever, but how long is he going to stick around? Do you have any sense of the terms of this deal?
0: I do not have any sense. I can try and reach out to his wife, who is also his lawyer slash agent, and that's is the reason his wife Tracy? That is the reason that this doesn't come out. I think it's because it doesn't have to go through any other sources. As Brad said, this was discussed before he even left for the bubble. Basically, it's Tracy reading over the contract, letting him know anything that sticks out, and then it's a done deal. So, yes, I think no question, this is a foregone conclusion. The Celtics are clearly in great hands when it comes to X's and O's, but also culture, which is a big thing that Danny Ainge pointed out in the Celtics statement and. Fun fact, Brad and I started the exact same season. So I am excited to see him continue to go on in this pursuit of a championship because that is the only thing that he doesn't have on his resume is a championship. And I think there was some talk. I feel like almost every time we stop in Indianapolis, it's do you ever think about getting back in the college Mm -hmm. game? And with so many jobs coming up. And so I think this states clearly that Brad wants to be here and is in it for the long haul.
2: Well, it makes you the perfect person to add to because obviously, you know, you are closer to him than most. You interview him on a daily basis or at least a game day basis, if not around practices and other media availability. And I know you're not inside the bubble, but you have gotten to know him quite well over the course of the last, I mean, nearly a decade at this point. How has he grown in his NBA career, maybe on a personal level and the way that he approaches just this lifestyle as compared to college and obviously professionally in in You know, I have to imagine – he's talked about it a little bit – the fact that, you know, at the very beginning as as losses pile up and they're rebuilding, that's a lot to follow coming out of a situation like Butler where they're, you know, America's darling and – beaten up on a lot of teams that they weren't supposed to beat up on and going to back-to-back national championship games to all of a sudden you're in the NBA and you're losing frequently as hard as your team is playing to now where over the course of the last several years you're one of those teams that's in consideration in contention to be a potential champion.
0: Well I do want to say I agree with you completely that there's not a day that goes by that I don't hit some adversity in my life, and I don't think, what would Brad Stevens do? Brad <laughs> Stevens would tell me to control what I can control in this yeah. moment. And Just hit singles. I will do, exactly. And so while I don't want to speak for Brad, um, I will say, while he and he did change a lot that first season, what I remember is, number one, we talked to Brad pre-game, at halftime, post-game, because he was – the star he was the face of that team in that season when they won 25 games and he himself has admitted that he was overwhelmed by how different the nba game was how much more time how many more possessions there are how to manage the timeouts how to manage the personalities but he continues to learn and and as i said it's he has this growth mindset and that is something that has not changed from day one where he is just looking for to get the best out of you, to get the best out of himself, each possession every day, every minute of every day. So for him, it, it truly is, and he lives that. And, and you hear it, it's coach speak. He says it over and over again, but it's just do... Uh, I'm going to go to my Frozen 2 uh, with my daughter Mabel that I have seen many things. It's just do the next right thing. Do the next play, the next thing that you have in front of you to the best of your abilities. And in seven years, that hasn't changed. And, and I think it's that consistency and, um, just Brad being true to who he is is a big part of why he has garnered so much respect from the players and across the league. And then one other thing I want to say, Adam, is that talking to Brad today before the game, he did mention just how tough last season was. And I, I think Brad took a lot of lessons from that. And he has said this season and this group has reinvigorated him in many ways. And so I think the timing for this extension is perfect. He still had another year left, but there's no way the Celtics were going to leave Brad Stevens as a lame duck coach. So um, this was inevitable. And clearly, I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the league. It's expected.
2: And if you know, the, I re- I'm sorry, I was just going to say, if I remember right and, I, and maybe I'm wrong and uh, correct me if, if, Either of you uh, have the information. I believe the last time he signed an extension, because it was another one of those terms not disclosed situations, but it was three years. Ultimately, it was a three-year extension. So this very well may be what it is, obviously, in this case as well. But, Evan?
1: Well, to, to back that up, I think I think Wick said in the, the statement that they released that they went to Brad, or maybe Brad talked about it today, they went to Brad at, like they posted on an extension after like a 30-point loss. They were like, Brad, we the first know.
0: extension. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. They yeah. were like it
0: Brad doesn't matter to us.
1: Yeah. It's a great it's a great story. The um the one thing so I'm very uh jealous of Abby for many different reasons, but one of the things that I'm most jealous of is the people you get to work with, you just have amazing people all over the place. But you have, you know, Tommy Heinsohn, you have Scalabrini, uh, Kendrick Perkins. Um and one of the things that I loved about uh NBC Sports Boston, uh, uh, they've done this a couple of times, is they, they'll they show you, like, practice footage and practice audio. And the stuff that Brad says, I just find – like, he just finds a way to simplify the game. And that's one of the reasons I just – I wish I had more of that content is because I sit there and I listen and I feel like it might be a 30-second clip, might be two minutes. It could be even longer than that. And I feel like I walk away from, from the clip – knowing more about basketball than I did two minutes or whatever beforehand. How much has Brad enhanced your knowledge of just how basketball works and how team building works?
0: Um, Immensely. I mean, yes, sitting and listening to him talk day in and day out. If you don't learn something, that's on you. That's not on him. Because he is truly a basketball genius and he does a really good job of breaking it down. But Evan, you mentioned those videos where we have Brad mic'd up. We get one practice and we, every season, one practice before the season starts where we can mic up Brad Stevens. We're actually allowed in the gym during practice where they're actually running through real drills. And so that's why you don't get to see more of that. I think. I
2: wish you uh, did. Pressure's on Brad, Brad, you better deliver today.
0: Oh no. Oh, Brad, no (laughs) way. Why is Brad going to let his secrets out? I mean, (laughs) It's true. He, but he is so great at those things and so great at dumbing it down. He's so great with the media. I mean, I really, you are hard pressed to find something that Brad Stevens does not do well. And I think if there is one, it's being away from his family. I think he really misses his family during this time in the bubble and on the road, um, is the one thing and that makes this job and this lifestyle challenging. But he even has said, I mean, you get the summers off. And that's when Brad actually gets to disconnect because he doesn't. I mean, if you know anything about Brad, that man reads basketball and you see him, I'll see him getting on the bus. He's got a laptop in front of him. And then you get to the team plane. He's got a laptop in front of him. I mean, I have seen him once or twice in passing coming through the gym at a hotel but it is for a limited amount of time and then he's back in his room watching film watching a game doing some sort of preparation so the man is relentless
2: I just love and I've said this many times before and you acknowledged it Abby with regard to the way that he speaks and there there's a lot of coach speak there and a lot of obviously dumbing it down and and you know, I, I mentioned before the just hit singles and some of the different things yeah. that he says. I think a lot of the things that he says are very kind of coaching cliche, except where Brad is different. And I don't feel this way about a lot of coaches across sports. Everything that he says, he genuinely means like these are not cliche coming out of his mouth. They you know the one day at a time stuff. It's genuinely his approach, which uh, is is just so interesting, I think, looking at some coaches versus looking at others in in whatever sport, you know, whatever walk of life we all live. Like, we can all say we want to live one day at a time, but really, like, how many – how many of us are thinking about the problems of tomorrow and, and boy, what's school going to look like in the fall for our kids and things that like we can't even begin to comprehend and tackle in this moment. Brad does strike me, not knowing him on a personal level, but having talked to him before that he is, you know, he is just, he is that guy that it, I'm jealous of it in the, in the sense that he truly lives his life, uh, it, like, like the great Don Toretto, living his life a quarter mile at a time. That's, uh, that's basically Brad Stevens for you.
0: No question about it. And, and the thing about Brad, and I, we do, we get a very different glimpse of him as the coach, the X's and O's guy. But very early on, I remember being in a hotel elevator with my mom, who is not a huge basketball fan, um, but she just happened to be on the road or met up wherever we were. And Brad Stevens walked in and I introduced him to my mom and he was so genuine and and just engaging and said, he'll, introduced himself and said, how are you? What are you guys doing here? And um, it opened my eyes to Brad Stevens, the recruiter, because I can absolutely see yeah. him going into <laughs> a living room and turning it on. Um, but he does, he, and he, and that and too was genuine. I think he was genuinely interested in meeting my mom and, and kind of learning more about me. And so I have felt that from him from day one. And, and that's what you hear the players. That's what they talk about is that they believe that Brad wants the best from them and for them. And so that makes it easier when he tells you what you have to do to be the best player that you can be, but also I need this from you. I need you to do this role on the court. I'm sorry it's not what you want it to be. I understand that's hard for you, but this is what we need to be the best team that we can be. And you believe him because, I mean, and then you look at guys like Evan Turter, who he got paid, Jordan Crawford in that first season, who Mm -hmm. earned Player of the Week in the Eastern Conference. I mean, yes, he, as Evan said, and Adam, as you were talking about, what – he tells you is true he believes it and he walks it and he wants the best for you
2: well it's it really is it's amazing that he just so genuinely lives in the moment all the time something that i'm not very good at except in settings like this where i'm 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 confined to like certain time but uh you know obviously in in the interest of time and letting you get out of here uh in the spirit of living in the moment. I'm glad that in this moment and for a few moments longer, we obviously still have you as part of the Celtics family there at NBC Sports Boston covering this team. I've said this to you. I'm not just saying this to you because you're here and on the show, because I texted you this last week. Uh and and you're a friend in this business and in life and just a uh you know I'm you're as good as anyone that does it and genuinely enjoy your work, have enjoyed mm-hmm. You know, you being here in this market and your growth over the course of the several seasons and even prior to that being on the desk there at NBC Sports. And, uh, it's, you know, it's obviously not going to be the same. This, this industry, all industries impacted by this pandemic and it's a larger thing going on as people know at NBC Sports universally. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, you won't be with the team beyond this season as things stand right now, but, uh, I want to thank you, obviously, for not just coming on, but for your years of coverage. Uh, excuse me, years of coverage as the voice. Cry. You're gonna make coverage.
1: me. Yeah, no, right. I know. You're, you're, you're uh,
2: I'm. I'm not gonna cry. I swear. <laughs> your years of coverage. I have cried uh, you know, come, yes. come, no. Coming on the, uh, you know, the, the old radio show with me as well. Uh, getting up right and early on a Saturday morning to come in studio and do that was great. And um, you know, I know. I've been yeah, I mean, well, one of us has fall. Oh. So Somebody's cutting onions here. I don't know what you guys crying. are talking about. I yeah. have no clue. Yeah, what's what's happening? <laughs> yeah, when's the, when's the next game again? Um, yeah, right? The, uh, <laughs> no, it's you will be missed. I know I've seen, like, the Save Abbey tribute accounts uh, are on uh, Twitter and that sort of thing. And so you have a very dedicated fan base, as you should. You've earned it. You've cultivated it. So the only thing I did want to ask you is, uh, you know, if you have anything that you'd like to say to all your passionate fans out there.
0: Well first of all thank you for that and I do remember those early days Adam where you were on the desk with me. We hosted Chevrolet Sports yeah. Central up shows. We did. Sports Central so it I've feels come like so far. forever ago. It's just it was so long ago. You have <laughs> we all have um no the outpouring of love and support has meant the world to me and and I didn't not that I didn't know that it wasn't out there, but I, I'm i not sure I truly understood um, the impact that my job had on others. And so to see that now means everything to me. And, and I just, it's something I'll never forget. Boston is my home. This is where I got married. I have two beautiful children. We live, in a community that I love, and so um, as of now, the plan is we're not going anywhere. And um, it has just been such an honor to be able to cover this franchise and to be a part of an, an legendary broadcast team and Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn, and now I guess we can throw Scal in there. But um, <laughs> it's just it's um, it's something that I didn't take for granted any day of it, it was the best job in the world. And I think that's what makes all of this so hard. Um, But it is real life. And so I just am so grateful to everyone out there. And, and I, I want you to know that I, I am seeing it, I am hearing it and and I really do appreciate it.
2: Well, as you said, the ride's not over playoffs are just beginning. And hopefully that gives us a good stretch of uh, several best of seven series here. And, you know, I don't know what a duck boat parade would look like during a pandemic, but we can hope for the best. And uh, as for you, obviously, and I'm glad you said that uh, there are no plans to head anywhere that being said, as much as we'd love you here in this market, covering these teams, obviously just first and foremost, hope you find the next thing that you love.
0: Thank you very much.
2: All right. Abby Chin, we're going to let her go as we ramble on for a couple more minutes, but Abby, thank you for joining us. uh, Let's, let's not have it be the last time.
0: You guys too. Thank you. Hey, Abby
2: Jin, NBC Sports, Boston, and uh, Evan Valenti as we wrap here for uh, a couple more minutes. Why are we're, we going to go we're, from we're, Abby there?
1: We're going from that to me? Like I, yeah, so, I can't file that up. And, and so, and so what's, what's your series prediction again on Philadelphia? <laughs> Five. I feel like you ever, this is the, movie, the movie is like funny people, right, with Adam Sandler, yeah. right? And he, he has, I think it was Seth Rogen writes jokes for him. It's the Seth Rogen, right? right? And uh, Seth Rogen's yeah. like. So Adam Sandler, they're at this like uh, Facebook like uh, event and and James Taylor, pride of the Berkshires, hey James, uh, yeah. is out there like doing his thing and Adam Sandler is next and he goes to Seth Rogen and goes, hey, I need you to warm up the crowd for me. And and Seth Rogen goes, you want me to? And I gotta bleep, I gotta not curse, so because this is a family show. He goes, you want me to bleep and follow up, fire and rain of James Taylor? Come on, you can't <laughs> let me follow up James Taylor. I feel <laughs> like Seth Rogen. I gotta follow Abby Chin right now. This is terrible. You set me up for failure. Set I just me up for like failure, that. Like, it's like your I mean, fault.
2: Could you have scripted a worse timed voice crack? Like I'm. Oh freaking... no!
1: Actually, it was the best like, time because it like, was like, like, like so I'm, genuine.
2: Like I'm 14 years old. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> in the middle of trying to say goodbye to Abby, I felt know.
1: well. I felt that way the whole. I'm a huge Abby. I think every. I don't, It's just. I think Abby might be the first person, maybe besides Mike just Gorman, universally like, beloved. Yeah, I think it's like Gorman and Abby Chin, and that's it. And that's just yeah. a, that's it. I don't think she has any detractors at all. She's awesome. Um, yeah, I, it, I, no, and, it's
2: true, and obviously she's no longer on with us. It's just the two of us talking. Uh,
1: I. I
2: I have never, no, but I've never heard someone say, like, you know who sucks at their job? Abby Chin. Like, yeah. you know, like, just, <laughs> nobody you know, like, you know, you know who's kind of a shitty person? Sorry, can I say that? You know who's kind of a yeah, crappy yeah. person? Abby Chin. Like, that's never happened, ever. It's happened to me, happened to you probably, too, uh, I would assume. Happened to me a zillion times. <laughs> I've seen it on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, oh, it happens to me on Twitter daily.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine she's getting hate mentions. Zero. None. No, no. That's never, and trust me, folks. You guys know the internet. You guys know how it works. That's not an easy feat, (laughs) right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Just, but I feel like just by showing up, you get a couple.
1: Oh yeah, no, you're on TV. Everybody, people are gonna hate you. People be jealous of your success. But like people with Abby, like Abby was. I don't know if she knows that she was a rallying cry for Celtics fans, like on Celtics Reddit, for like when she was pregnant. I believe like she wasn't around, but people were like, Oh, it's the spirit of Abby chin that lifts it because like, it was when I think when, when Hayward's Hayward went down and yeah. Kyrie was out for the rest of the year. And, and there was the young Celtics like making their way through each round and getting to the Eastern conference finals to go toe to toe with LeBron until game seven. And people were like, it's cause you know, it's Abby chin watching over us, like helping us out. It's all Abby chin's it's all her manifestation. They're trying to win for Abby. And I was like, that's, that's like, that's true love right there. That's, that's it. And I'm, I am uh I'm thrilled that Abby has gotten, cause you know how the internet is, you know, it's a terrible place. Yeah. Um, that that, 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 there's been such an outpouring of love for her. Cause she's just, just, uh, I, that's the first time I've talked to her. She's a phenomenal human being. She is. She's great at human and, uh, the best of luck to her in her next endeavor, whatever it is, I'm sure she'll be a superstar. No question.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it really speaks to, and I, I, I really, I don't think this was a coincidence. I think it's the lack of her being a polarizing person in that everybody loves her. The, even when, you know, Chad Finn dropped the article on the globe website about uh you know these layoffs at NBC and a whole lot of people on camera and behind the scenes but those on camera it was Abby it was uh Gary Tangway Joe Haggerty and Ashrod Blakely and I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody else oh and um uh Daniel Trotta from BST I believe as well but uh, anyway I bring that up just to say that like what was the file footage, you know, photo header for the article on social media. Like it was a picture of Abby. It's like, you know, the face of, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it, it speaks to obviously the, uh, the following that she has developed in this market. No question. And as I said to her, hopefully she's around to stay. And if not, hopefully she's off covering another team somewhere else and, and living the dream. Cause that's a, I mean, it's a, that's a great job to have. And one that I'm sure that, you know, even obviously you'd love to do it for the Celtics. I mean, who, like who wouldn't, but right. there are plenty of other teams that'd be great to do that for too, if not all of them. So yeah. hopefully, uh, as you said, lands on her feet real soon doing something else.
1: Message to all the PDs out there. Somebody hire Abby Chid. Cool. All right. Great. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it sucks. I feel terrible, but you know.
2: All right. The well, terrible. fortunately there are better things ahead like the NBA playoffs, which are starting soon, as Abby said, Monday or Tuesday as we chat right now. Celtics and Sixers game one, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well. We both got the C's winning, you in five, me in six, Abby in six as well. And uh, that's going to about do it for this show. We want to thank Abby Chin, NBC Sports Boston reporter, anchor, show brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today for your exclusive sign-up bonus. And as we already have in the bubble, Evan, maybe, just maybe, we will see a little Gino
1: time in Orlando on one of those courts. Wow. I, one more time. Just one more Gino. That's all we need.